This week on MXPB, we talk auctions and Mario Paint. Plus, we have a roundup of all the games we're playing right now. Don't go away, MXPB starts now. Hello and welcome to the Morning XP Boost! We are your hosts, Tox and Glitch, and we're here to give you the experience points you need to get through your week. Glitch, what do you think about that? Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> what about oh, you? Oh my. <laughs> uh, I, I'm ready to do this. I'm excited to get going. Let's do it. All right. So uh, we're going to start with our normal lineup. We're going to go through some news and we're going to do some history. And then today, this week, we're going to be talking about what games we're playing, uh, what's in our backlog, and what it all means to us. You want to get us started with the news glitch? I sure do. All right. So this month, or actually, sorry, this week, uh, Super Mario 64, a sealed copy of Super Mario 64 sold at an auction for 1.56 million dollars. Uh, if you've got any sealed video games sitting at home, <laughs> I would highly recommend uh, <laughs> seeing what they're worth. Maybe go on eBay. Yeah, this one's really interesting because there is this whole collectors. I mean, collecting has has always been a thing, but I feel like with many things. Uh, it's sort of been amplified by the internet and just accessibility and frankly nostalgia for those things where you know people who have accumulated some money are of a certain age and are starting to you know feel nostalgic for those things they had as a kid and I've experienced this a little bit uh, personally with my rediscovery of my Pokemon card collection and uh, seeing just how sort of official this uh, collecting has become. There are agencies that you can send your, you know, in this, in my case, Pokemon cards, or, you know, I saw the picture for this one, and I'm sure this, this person did the same thing. They send your artifact, the thing that you want to auction, to an agency that will authenticate it, and it will grade it and say it is of a certain quality, and then that makes it a thing that is sort of verified and authentic that a lot of people trust and allows you to then put it up for auction. And So uh, what you're saying is there's no returning a, a box, uh, a PlayStation 3 box with rocks in it and getting money for it. That, <laughs> yeah. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Pretty much. They are able to tell the difference between rocks and a PS3. They're, they're really good. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> what else do we have this week? Yeah, so I was reading, and one thing that that piqued my interest is kind of related to what we were talking about last week with respect to speedrunning. Summer Games Done Quick has raised over $2.9 million for Doctors Without Borders. And this is something we were talking about, um, the charity streams and the speedrunning kind of coming together, like our friend HLock was telling us how these speedrunners will, in this case, take a week of virtual speedruns because... 2020 is still not quite over and you know through either twitch subs or direct donations these streamers are able to raise money for a good cause in this case doctors without borders 
I think that's absolutely fantastic that they were able to raise that much money. Video games. Video games raised that yeah. much money uh, to assist a, a fantastic charity, Doctors Without Borders. The work that they do overseas is uh, phenomenal. Uh, I've had an opportunity. I actually had a friend that worked with Doctors uh, Without Borders for a while. They actually, he he did the flights uh, overseas for them to get them into pl- some places that you know are not all that great. Right. Uh, so I think it's a, a fantastic charity. And it's uh, wonderful that uh, Summer Games Done Quick was able to raise those funds. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's a really special organization for sure. And then, it, it you know, the streamers and the speedrunners have a lot of fun with it too. Because like HLock was saying, you know, you can speedrun anything. And of course, there's the classics, the Mario games. Um, but one of the ones that was kind of interesting was someone speedrun, speedran Nintendogs, which... <laughs> It's kind of like, you know, owning a dog simulator. Uh, not something you would think about typically speedrunning, but it's kind of the perfect fit for just sort of a, f- a fun uh, week of streaming going towards a good cause. Fantastic. All right. So a nice, quick and dirty news fix. Now we're going to talk a little bit about this week in gaming history. All right. This week on July 13th, 2006. The Game Boy Advance came out. It not only looked cool with its uh, with its purple see-through case. I think you could get it in see-through or uh, solid purple, I believe. Right, uh, right, Tox? Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Solid purple would be my choice. <laughs> uh, I remember, so I never owned this system, but my sister did. And I have to say, I was quite jealous every time I saw her with it. Now, I owned the GameCube. But every time I would go into, I think back then it was Babbage's. I don't think GameStop was really a thing yet. Uh, it was Babbage's or EB Games, I think. Uh, we had the Funko two Land. <laughs> Fun- you guys had Funko Land? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we used to go in there. Uh, usually it was next to a Camelot or Sam Goody uh, music nice. store across from the Sun Coast. Let's see how many old retro places we can throw in there. <laughs> Comp Just USA. outside. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, Cellular One was just outside in a kiosk. (laughs) So uh, I would go inside the Babbage's and I would see these awesome games for Game Boy Advance. And honestly, like, I was like, there's no way. There's no way they got, uh, what was it, uh, James Bond games? I think it was 007 Nightfire. Uh, And it it actually ran. It ran on the Game Boy Advance. Uh, I've gone back and I've watched videos of it. And you see, uh, you it. It's third or uh, it's first person. Like it's a first person shooter on a handheld. It's the I think it was was that the first time that that had ever been done? Yeah, I'm not sure, but the Game Boy Advance definitely was a leap forward like you're saying. It it kind of took the normal perspective of a Game Boy game which is usually either a puzzle or like a top-down RPG, thinking about Pokémon, something like that, and really expanded on that and and brought new genres to the platform and color. More color. color. <laughs> More I color. Know the, I know the, the Game Boy color had color, but I think it was only, what, maybe 15 colors, if that? The... Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had, the, <laughs> I had a yellow Game Boy color, and I love the fact that it was yellow because, uh, you know, you're getting color on the screen for the first time. Might as well put some <laughs> color on the Game Boy. And, That's right. Uh, yeah. So we, had, so we had some color, but definitely a step up in graphics in the Game Boy Advance. And of course, the Game Boy Advance being the same color as the flagship color of the GameCube, purple and purple, oh, yeah. 
um, it's no coincidence, Nintendo really designed those two things to sort of work together. And this is something that you and I were talking about earlier. You know, you, it's fun to sort of see the evolution of Nintendo products over the years where you plug in a Game Boy Advance into a GameCube, it starts to look a little bit like a Wii U. <laughs> and of course, sure Nintendo Switch is, is a Game Boy uh, sort of on steroids. So it, it's, it was an interesting, interesting time. I, I don't know how successful that integration was. I mean, you could get four Game Boy Advances, plug them into your GameCube, and play some games in an augmented way. Uh, but that's a really expensive way to play a game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And what do you have for us, Docs? So this week on July 14th in 1992... 29 years ago, uh, Mario Paint debuted on the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. And I don't know if anyone out there listening played this one, but obviously it's an older game. But I think it's really interesting because it's it's one of these early games that really showed uh, the power of creating in video games and how popular that can be. Uh, if you look on YouTube, you will see videos, recent videos, of people recreating pop songs in Mario Paint, in the music composer mode of Mario Paint. And, you know, that mode in particular was really special. You had sort of a score, and you had notes, and you had the tempo, and you have everything you need to create a little MIDI version of uh, of whatever song you wanted to, if you have the good ear. And the cool thing about it was that the notes were all different sound effects. So you could have, like... The Yoshi sound effects, you could have uh, the coin sound effects, and other sort of classic uh, sound effects from various Mario games pitched to, you know, wherever you're putting it on the score. And you could create a full-fledged, like, you know, it's one track, but you can get that multi-track feel with like a bass line and a melody, and you can create some recognizable and fun songs with it. This is one, this is another one. I remember seeing this on a shelf in the video game store. Um, or it may have even been like an Ames or one of those stores that no longer exists <laughs> yeah. uh, in their little electronics section. Uh, and I remember that it came with like a little controller. Was it a mouse that it used to yep. come with? came with a mouse. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. Uh, actually, let me see here. I've actually got one pulled up right here on eBay. I was just able to, to pull one up. Uh, $1.2 million copy. <laughs> well, Mario Paint right now, uh, this is an open box. Sells for about $230. Uh, and that's, that's with the game, the mouse pad that it came with. I guess it came with some kind of special mouse, mouse pad. The mouse and the box, $230. Yeah, if I recall, wow. it was a hard plastic mouse pad. I don't know exactly what the technology was, but yeah, because another obviously feature, ti title feature of the game is painting in, in the art mode. And so uh, they gave you another input device to, in which to do that. You know, it's kind of funny, you know, anyone who's used Microsoft Paint or any other program like that on their computer knows that drawing with the mouse is not always the easiest thing. But uh, I think it's a little bit easier or perhaps a little bit more accurate than drawing with a D-pad. <laughs> All right. So, Glitch. Talks. I think it's time for our feature presentation. This week, we're talking about uh, what games we're playing, which is a mix of 
current and not so current games. And we're going to be talking about what we need to finish and what's in our backlog too. So I'll kick us off. I've been playing this game, uh, originally came out in 2014 for the PS Vita and PS4, uh, released on the Nintendo Switch in 2018 and on sale this week, which is why I've been playing it, uh, Velocity 2X. And this is a game, obviously it's a sequel that you might be able to tell from the two in the name, um, but it's so much, it's a really fun top-down shooter arcade-style game in the vein of something like, uh, you know, Galaxian or Asteroids, but of course, modern. Um, but the cool thing about it is that it mixes that style of gameplay with a mode where, you know, you're a character in a spaceship shooting all these aliens and rescuing all these little coins and tokens. Uh, but there's a mode where you can hop out of your ship and it turns into a side-scrolling platformer which is a really cool mix. And of course, you know, the game sort of eases you into the different gameplay modes. And so at, you know, a certain point, you're switching back and forth between platforming and the spaceship, and you've got to sort of mentally make the switch between the controls and the strategies, even though they do a really good job of keeping the controls similar between the uh, space shooting portion and the platforming portion. There's still a little bit of, you know, thinking that you have to do to get your brain around, okay, now I'm running and now I have to do this set of moves. I have to duck and jump versus now I'm in a spaceship and I have to shoot things. And the spaceship has like a short range teleport option, which makes for a really, really fun and fast paced uh, action in this game. And it's just such a cool game because all the levels are super quick. Um, there's elements of speed running in there. So the game rewards you for completing a level quickly, but it also rewards you for completing a level by collecting all the collectibles and destroying all the baddies too. So in any given level, there's three or four different ways that you can play it. And of course it's sort of a short, you know, each level is sort of self-contained so you can go back and get that repetitive sort of aspect and really hone in on an optimal time and optimal path uh through the game it's just it's a really fun little game it the art style kind of reminds me a little bit of um did you ever play dead cells i never played that one but i i was gonna say the art is definitely of a certain style style and uh it also reminds me of full metal furies which is a game that uh i experienced uh well after it was released because it's got this kind of Everything is hand-drawn in this game, so it's absolutely beautiful. I love that style of art, and you've got these kind of like different characters with lots of detail, but sort of a minimalist design, and they kind of talk back and forth at each other, and it's got that same kind of style and wit that Full Metal Furies has, and so it's really enjoyable, too, in the storyline aspect, as well as the art. For me, it's really nice to see games like, uh, I don't know if you remember Jazz Jackrabbit. It was an early <laughs> epic game. Um, I, I think it one. was uh, <laughs> Jazz Jackrabbit. It was really fun. Uh, it was released to com- compete, I think, with um, Mega Man. So uh, it's refreshing to see titles that kind of, I feel like they're paying uh, homage a little bit to like Mega Man and Jazz Jackrabbit. It looks like the gameplay is somewhat similar as well, especially when you're in that side-scrolling mode. 
Yeah, the side-scrolling mode is is really fun. The, the side-scrolling portion reminds me of a more recent game, Aerial Knights Never Yield, which is a, a game that came out uh, this summer and had a demo um, after one of the Nintendo Switch Directs, which I played through and really enjoyed. And in that game, you're sort of running and you're dodging obstacles and, and collecting collecting tokens. And so it has that very similar kind of feel where... You basically want to try to sprint through the level. And then the top-down shooting portion is kind of like if you took the end credits of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate and turned that into a game. I feel like that's what you would get in the top-down shooting portion of this. You're in a little ship. you got a few different weapons, lasers and bombs. Uh, and oh, by the way, you can teleport. Sounds rude. It's like uh, Galaga 2.0. 2.0 <laughs> exactly yeah it, it's awesome and it came out in 2014 so you know um i'm comparing it to these modern games but it, it predates them so good on you velocity really fun little game a game that i've been working on here uh talks is uh well Fortnite. <laughs> never heard of it <laughs> no <laughs> uh this season's actually been a lot of fun uh Fortnite, you know to me it's it's obviously it's my favorite game um keeps changing Uh, so every season you know there's a refresh and it makes it feel like a fresh it makes it feel like a fresh new game uh today they actually just added a a cow bouncer (laughs) uh yeah uh i like it i know i like it when fortnite adds these fun uh consumables or these fun items it it makes fortnite fortnite um well, so you have to so, tell me what is the what is that cow yeah. bouncer? <laughs> so essentially, what it is is uh, you 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 turn into a cow. You turn into a big fat round cow, awesome. and you don't take fall damage. You bounce around. <laughs> it's a cow bouncer. <laughs> that's fun. It's yep. one of those things that's just so you know. There's no other way to describe it. It's just fun. There's no reason for it. It's just fun. Uh, I can't wait to to play with it more. I, I got a chance uh, just a little bit ago because it, it only came out, uh, I want to say, less than an hour and a half ago. So I only <laughs> had a chance to play with it a little bit, but I cannot wait to see all the fun things I'm going to be able to do with it. Yeah, uh, we sure. also have aliens are arriving at the Fortnite map. Holly uh, Hedges is turned into Holly Hatchery. Uh, and there's all these little alien eggs that are oh. that are over there now. And uh, if you get too close to them, these purple little aliens shoot up out of them and they suck onto your head (laughs) and uh, (laughs) they take a portion of your health, but uh, you're able to jump around. Something we actually found out last night on stream was that it also distorts your voice. So you just sound it's it's creepy. It's pretty fun, but it's creepy. I love it. They did the voice distortion thing uh, during Halloween, too, right? When you were those... uh those spirit thingies yeah um they and what they did with this one it's a little bit different it sounds more like you're like an alien where that one you sounded i mean that was also really creepy this one's more alien that was more uh you've died yeah like sort of (laughs) demonic almost (laughs) yeah yeah exactly um i'm actually really excited for superman he's going to be in the battle pass in 30 days uh so that's going to be really exciting oh sweet there are, uh, of course, two... We can't talk about Fortnite without talking about two uh, problems currently within the, the, the community has, mm. uh, has some woes 
with the graphics right now on Nintendo Switch and uh, mobile. I don't know. Have you seen any of the memes going around right now regarding mobile Fortnite? You know, I haven't seen anything about mobile Fortnite. I kind of lost track of it, but uh, <laughs> I know that I know a couple people who have basically stopped playing this game on Nintendo Switch because of performance issues. Yeah, it it's definitely it's rough right now. Uh, the storm is a little bit difficult to see uh, on Nintendo Switch as well as uh, so Nintendo Switch is actually it uses the mobile version of the game. I yeah. think they've upscaled the graphics maybe a smidge, but it's still the it's the mobile version. Um, so Tabber Hill, he's a very popular, uh, YouTuber, uh, Fortnite content creator. He actually recently was doing an item shop review on his son's, uh, Nintendo Switch. And I think for the first time he got to see what those graphics look like because it's even in the item shop. Yeah. Uh, I think to quote Tabber, he said, what are you doing, man? These look like Nintendo 64 graphics. <laughs> Nintendo 64 Fortnite? You gotta be kidding me. So I think Ouch. that's what he said. <laughs> He's not wrong. It looks exactly like... Um, do you remember playing GoldenEye 007 and like uh, Baron Samedi's head or Jaws's head? They were all blocky. And... Yeah, just blocky. Your hands are just stumps. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so uh, that's Fortnite right now on Switch. <laughs> That's too bad. Uh, are there any other games that you're playing right now? Yeah, so I've really been enjoying Paper Mario, the Origami King, which was released a year ago this week. Um, so I didn't pick it up when it first came out because, you know, the backlog is real. We'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> but um, I got to it now, and it's it really fun. I mean, I expect nothing less from Paper Mario and from a Nintendo from a Nintendo Mario game. I have never actually played any other Paper Mario games, but I was a big fan of Super Mario RPG on the Super Nintendo, which is sort of the genesis of the Mario RPG-based games and the Paper Mario games. And I was really pleased to see a lot of that character has translated uh, across the Paper Mario games and into Origami King as well. And, you know... You're basically Mario and Luigi going to Peach's Castle, this time for an origami festival. But you get to Toad Town, and it's eerily empty. And what you find is that an evil origami king has sort of taken over and folded. Every so everyone in this world is paper, because why not? Paper. Um, and so everyone is flat, but the origami king has folded all the enemies into folded soldiers and so you'll see folded versions of shy guys or folded versions of the goombas and uh those are the enemies that you fight all these sort of origami things and it's just really fun it's really clever it's super charming one of my favorite parts of the game are the toads so one of the things you have to do is sort of rescue all these toads the residents of toad town basically and there's just hundreds of them and they're sort of hidden in all these places and they're folded up into insects or fish or they're stuffed behind walls and all these funny things and they are just hilarious they're sarcastic they're self-involved they're sometimes charming sometimes totally oblivious um they're just really really genuinely human little snippets that come through in these toads and the situations they're in and the things they say to you uh 
I also very much enjoy, so I watched, I haven't played that game, but I did see the the trailer for it, of course, and I have to say I really enjoy the the art style, the approach that they took, and, and that it is an origami style game. I think that's phenomenal, and I love, I love all that, and the story seems really fun too, like you were saying. So, I mean, while it's not necessarily in my backlog, I feel, <laughs> because I haven't purchased it yet, it's, it's technically in my backlog. <laughs> yeah, it it's it's a it's a really fun little game and the art style too is like you said i think it's it is perfectly suited for the nintendo switch right paper sort of sets the expectation of sort of simple uh not exactly realistic 3d graphics and so the art style is very minimal um but then you add in the fact that it is on the nintendo switch which has some graphics processing capability and so you kind of mix that sort of simple art style with um you know sort of pseudo 3d effects like shadows and depth and of course the origami itself is really fun to see how everything folds and unfolds the other game that i'm working on right now is actually borderlands 3 uh because i was impatient (laughs) (laughs) so uh, i jumped in i played around a little bit there is if you like claptrap there is so much claptrap, and I love every second for it. I'm here for it. I love it. I can't wait to play it, but I've got to put it back. It's going to be going into the backlog. I'm sorry. Sorry, yeah. Borderlands 3, but I've got to go back to uh, Borderlands 2 and actually beat it. Um, yes. <laughs> I've only played up to the first little... Um, you get to the first settlement. I, I think it might be Sanctuary. I can't remember. But I've only ever played to the first settlement. Uh, Borderlands 2 is one of those games that's definitely made to play with multiple people. It's not a game you should try to solo. It can be kind of infuriating. You'll Mm. die a lot. There's no difficulty setting. Uh, Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't really scale down for you if you're playing solo. So uh, I need to find some friends to play with, Docs. Another game that I have been playing, uh, this is kind of like a game I just go to to, to kind of relax and chill on, is, is Just Cause 4. If you haven't tried that one, uh, it's a lot of fun. You can drive vehicles, there's grappling hooks, and you can do all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, it's a lot of fun. Definitely check that one out. All right. Well, that wraps up our show for this week. If you liked it, please leave us a review and or subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Feel free to work the socials. We are at Morning XP Boost. Thank you so much for listening. We can't wait to see you again next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you again soon. Save that thing.